<laughs> thank you, thank you. This is, uh, this is my first time ever to Manila, so. First day in Manila. I got here this morning at 4 a.m., and so if I fall asleep in the middle of this, it's not... It, it, no, I, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, Lord, this has been a crazy day. I've seen so much and done so much, but I believe God had a purpose for me being here tonight, and... I, I, don't, I don't ever want to take this for granted. I don't want to just come up and give a canned message. I, I, I really want to hear from the Lord and say and do what, whatever he wants me to say or do. I, a lot of times, I, I even, you know, a lot of places, they'll have like a countdown clock for me to show me that, hey, you got a half hour left. And lately, I've been watching the countdown clock at different places, and I try to imagine, what if that's a countdown of my life? And I start thinking that way because it gets me serious about what I'm about to do. Because I think, okay, if I'm about to see God in 30 minutes, what would I actually say to you? See, if I have that mindset, then I don't care what you think of me afterwards. I just think I'm about to face a holy, amazing God. And I want to say everything that he wants me to say, even if it offends you. I mean, from what I understand about the Filipino culture, you don't like to offend each other, you don't like to fight, you know, you just kind of tiptoe around everything and keep the peace, but that's not the way Jesus was, and that's not the way the prophets were, it's not the way the apostles were, they laid it out. In fact, Paul says, you know, in, in, the, in the latter times, people aren't going to put up with sound doctrine, but they're going to want their ears tickled. And he's telling Timothy, don't fall for that. You don't do that. You say, you say whatever's in this book, you lay it out. And so I'd like to pray, not just out of a formality, but I, I really believe in this time. I want to pray that something happens here. Because a lot of us grew up in church. And you know you can walk into a service and walk right out and hear a good message and even nod your head and, and get some information, but nothing really changes in your life. And this happens every Sunday all around the world. It happens at conferences like this. I could very easily give a message, you know, get you some things to think about, but nothing in your life would change. I mean, the only thing that really changes us is the Holy Spirit and His power. And so I want to pray for that right now. Don't assume that the next 25 minutes or so is just a sermon for you to pick up some things. I mean, God may be asking you to, to radically change your life tonight, to radically change the ministry you're, you're involved in, and to believe that that's possible. I mean, because don't you sometimes read this book and go, gosh, it seems like there's so much more than what I'm experiencing Aren't there times when you think, gosh, it seems like when the Holy Spirit entered someone, there was a radical change. Like the Bible says you went from death to life. I mean, shouldn't you see a tremendous change? And then you look in the church and it seems like this isn't that different from the world. And you read in this book about the love that they had for one another. And you go, gosh, I don't see that in the church today. 
I want to pray. I want to pray that God would stir something in some of us so that we would deeply believe that this is available to us today. And so would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, I pray that you would guide us during this time. God, I want you to be honored. I want you to be worshipped. I want people leaving, thinking about the power of Jesus and the name of Jesus and only the name of Jesus. God, I read in the Bible about how people prayed to you and fire would literally come out of heaven. The seas would part. The earth would shake. Armies would fall. The most amazing miracles would happen. God, can we just get a taste of that tonight? Please, Lord. Would you grace us with your presence and your power tonight? Purify us by your word. worship you tonight, Jesus. You're holy. You are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was praying about what to share with you tonight, I, I kept thinking about how I, I just want to be up here begging you to get alone with this book. Like I thought, what's the greatest thing I could do is if I could convince you to just get alone with this book where no one else is around. It's just you and God and his word. And to beg you, please just read it. Don't, don't just listen and believe everything you hear out there. But, but learn how to get it. I'm, the greatest, greatest gift anyone gave me was just to teach me how to read the Bible for myself to where I didn't have to depend on other people. There's a passage I want to share with you to start off. It's, it's one of the strangest passages in the Bible. But I love it. It's in, it's in 1 Kings chapter 22. In 1 Kings chapter 22, there's this story where the king of Israel 
wants to go up against go go up against Syria and take this land. And so he asked the king of Judah, it was when the, the kingdom was divided, he asked the king of Judah, come with me, let's take over Syria, let's, let's take over this, this, uh, this Ramoth Gilead. And, um, and so the king of Judah says to the king of Israel, okay, I'll go with you, but let's check with the prophets. Let's ask the prophets just to make sure that God is really with us when we go into battle. And so it says in, in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse uh, 6, it says that the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men. So he gathered every prophet he knew. There were 400 prophets. Imagine that scene. All of the prophets, 400 of them at one place, and they ask all of these prophets, should we go to battle? Will God be on our side? And all 400 prophets say, go. You got this. Go. You're going to win. You will win this battle. All 400 prophets say, go. But then the king of Judah says, okay, so that's all the prophets? Is, is, is that everyone? And the, the, the king says this, he goes, well, the king of Israel says to Jehoshaphat in, in verse uh, 8, he says, well, there's one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, only evil. So he says, okay, well, okay, there's one more guy, but I don't even want to ask him. I, there's this guy, I hate him. He says, I hate this prophet. He always prophesies against me, so I didn't invite him. And then the king's like, no, we got it. We have to go to him. And so, so they go and they grab this guy. And in verse 15, you know, they, they ask him, okay, should we go to war? And the man answers. He says, yeah, go. Go up and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And he said, all right, I saw Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? See, this, 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 one, this one guy, he's just, he goes, at first it's almost like he says, I'll tell you what you want to hear. Okay, yes, you're going to be victorious. And he goes, no, 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 tell me the truth. He goes, the truth is you're going to lose. So go home, don't do this. And the king's like, see, I told you. He always does this. And then, but here's the weird part. Micaiah said, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing beside him on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said one thing, another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord saying, I'll entice him. And the Lord said to him, by what means? He says, I'll go out, I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. 
And he said, you are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of these, your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. Isn't that a weird passage? So this guy, Micaiah, first, he tells the truth, and he says, look, you're not going to win this battle. God spoke to me. You're not going to win. But then he goes further. He goes, I actually saw what happened in heaven. God was sitting on his throne, and all of these heavenly beings are there. And God's saying, well, I want to entice you know, Ahab to, to go and, 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 and to lose and to fail. And, and, and one of the spirits says, I know what to do. I'll get all the prophets to lie. I'll get all 400 prophets to lie. And God says, yeah, good idea. I mean, I read that passage, go, are you kidding me? That's insane. I mean, and then I start looking at my own life, and I go, okay, what if you gave me like 400, 400 of the top leaders in the U.S., of the top Christian leaders, and they all said one thing, could I be like Micaiah and say, I can't go there. That's not really what the Lord said. I, I try to examine my own heart and my own boldness. Am I a man of God that says, look, I know what God has said, and I am not going to budge. I don't care what all the other prophets say. They could be lying. I don't know. I want you to look at your life right now and say, what kind of man or woman are you? Are you the type that says, look... I see what scripture says. I see what he says about the Holy Spirit and the power that should be in a believer. I see what the, the, the Bible says about how there's only one way to heaven. I see what the Bible says about in Matthew 7, 21, where it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only him who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Man, I remember reading that passage when I was in like high school. I think it was my senior year in high school. And I read Matthew 7 where it talked about how there's this narrow road that's difficult and few will find it. And there's this broad road that leads to destruction that's easy and many are going to go through it. And I remember reading that and going, no way. And then when it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven... Only him who does the will of my Father in heaven. I remember looking around at the church, and I just got concerned. Not in a judgmental way. I just go, gosh, that's scary. Just because you say Jesus is Lord, that doesn't mean you're going to heaven. In fact, 1 John says, anyone who says that he knows him but does not obey his commands is a liar. And the truth isn't in him. See, these passages started to concern me. I'm going, man, why is everyone just saying you can live however you want and whatever else? I'm looking at scripture and saying, no, the person who has the Holy Spirit in him will become a slave to righteousness. Like, you can't do evil. I mean, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. When the Holy Spirit came into your life, every time you started to stray from God, it would make you sick to your stomach, right? 
just going, I can't do this. I can't continue on. And yet we have people in the church that can just keep going on and on and on in their sin. And it's not to judge them. It's more just out of concern going, God, is this for real? You know, it's so hard to uh, show up to a country, be here for a few hours, and try to figure it out, <laughs> you know, and then come to a place like this and say, okay, so here's what you got to do. I figured it out. I've been here 12 hours. You, you know, it's just one of those things where I go, gosh, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the culture is like here. From what I hear, there's a lot of people that just go to church because it's how they grew up. Um, it's very cultural. And whether it's Catholic or Christian or whatever, it just seems like it's a tradition. And so we continue in it and we kind of go through the motions. And yet you read in the scriptures, it doesn't seem like that in the Bible, does it? It, it seems like this radically alters your life. And so I began praying for you. I was like, God, everything's up to you. Maybe you will call some of these people in this room to have a new courage, a new boldness that speaks up and says things out of concern for others. My thoughts went to Jeremiah chapter 1. This is one of the passages that changed my life. Jeremiah chapter 1, I, I still remember when I read it the first time, the first time I really understood it. It was one of these times where you ever just get tired of like people, like all people, like where you just go, gosh, I just, I got to get alone. Like I just, I wanted to be alone with God. And so I, I just decided to go out into the woods, into the wilderness and, um, and I just went out in the woods for four days by myself. I didn't see another human being. I saw one hiker and I, I ran the other way. I, I just, because I just wanted to be alone with God. And I just remember sitting next to this creek and, and I did one of those where I just kind of opened the Bible and see where it falls. And I just thought, I'm just going to read wherever it falls. And it fell on Jeremiah chapter one. And this passage blew me away. Just I, I read verse, verses 4 and 5, and I just, I was like, what? Really? Because it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and appointed you a prophet to the nations. I remember reading that going, what? Before? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I, I just kept staring at that going, wait, what? how is that possible? God says before he formed me, he already knew me. I just kept reading that over and over because no one ever shared that with me before. And I start going, is that true, that before God made me, he knew me? Maybe he was just talking about Jeremiah. You know, maybe that's just Jeremiah, that, that, that God knew who he was making when he made Jeremiah. But then I thought, no, Ephesians 2 says the same thing. Ephesians 2 says that we 
all of us who are saved by grace through faith, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he determined beforehand that we should walk in them. It's the same thing he told Jeremiah. He goes, look, I made you specifically. He goes, before you were even born, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I thought, wow, so God knew before he made Jeremiah what he was making. He goes, I knew you before I made you. It's, it's like this, uh, this podium. This didn't just, this wasn't an accident, right? Someone in their mind thought to themselves, I need to make something that's sturdy, that can hold books and towels and water. I, I want to have it just perfect. That someone can stand on there. It's light. You can move it. So he, he thought about that in his mind. And so then he carefully crafted it because he goes, you know what? The world needs one of these things. See, that's what the Bible says about you. Like, do you believe that? But no, you gotta, don't just nod your head. Don't trip over there. Don't just nod your head. Like, think to yourself, do you really believe, think about this. Okay, right now in heaven, there's a being sitting on his throne with all the angels surrounding this being, and he created you, but he thought to himself ahead of time. He thought about how he was going to make you. Like he thought through, okay, I want to make him, I want to make her just like this because they're going to have a purpose. Like do you really believe that about yourself? You know, even, even this towel, it was created, someone ahead of time thought through, like man, I, I'm, I'm going to make this thing, I'm going to design it, I want it about this size, I'm gonna kind of, it, it was all thought through for a specific purpose. It's, it's different from this, right? And sometimes we get jealous of each other, like he's going, oh, I wish I could wipe your sweat. It's like, <laughs> no, you have a different purpose. You're holding my Bible right now, okay? And we do this in the church so often. We start comparing and go, I wish I could do what she did. I wish he could do. And, but do you believe? Like, no, no, God made you specifically. That you're his workmanship. He designed you like this. Just like he knew what he was making when he made Jeremiah. He said, no, I need you to be this way because I'm going to turn you into this prophet. He said, before you were even born, I knew you were going to be a prophet to the nations. And maybe this verse meant more to me because as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, you know, my mother died while she was giving birth to me. And so when I read this, I'm thinking... Like, God, before I was even born, did you decide what I was going to do? Like, you knew my mom was going to die, didn't you? And yet you wanted me on the earth because you designed me to do something. And, and even my mother's death wasn't an accident. There's, there's a reason for it because he knew he wanted me to think eternally. He didn't want me to think, oh, I'll live to tomorrow. I'll live to put my kids to bed on Sunday. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't take another day for granted. Why? Because I saw how my mom died when, when I was born, and then my stepmom died when I was eight, and my dad died when I was 12. 
And so I saw and I knew, you know, and God's saying, I'm designing you. There's a reason for your life. There's a reason for all of this. I'm, I made it specifically. I designed you specifically. I just thought that's so powerful. It, it, when, I, when I understood that, I started waking up thinking, okay, there's something I'm supposed to do today that none of you can do. I'm up here on the stage right now doing something. God ordained this from eternity past. Because sometimes I can get jealous and go, oh, you know, but this guy's so much smarter than me. This guy knows the Bible better than I do. And we can, what is that? Oh, the clock. Okay, I got <laughs> nine minutes left. Um, no, it's okay, it's okay. I, I might not die. Um, uh, I'm confused now. Okay. Um, no, but, but seriously, I, I, it, it changed my life because, look, we've all done this, right? Where you look in the mirror and you just think, I'm so weird, you know? And you start comparing yourself to other people and go, gosh, why can't I be more like him? Why can't I be more like her? But for you to believe, no, God made me a specific way. That, that's, that's why when... When, uh, when Jeremiah in the next verse says, Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a youth. God says, don't say you're only a youth. You go and say everything I told you to say. I made you. He's telling Jeremiah, I made you specifically. It's kind of like, remember Moses? When, when God called Moses to speak to the people of Israel. And what does Moses say? Moses goes, uh, I, 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 I don't speak real well. Right? He starts saying, why don't you send Aaron? He's a better speaker than I am. Why don't you send Aaron? He's better than me. Man, that's what we all do, don't we? We're like, man, send him. She's more gifted. He's smarter. She's this. She's that. You, you know? And, and that's what Moses was saying. And do you remember what God said to Moses when Moses says, I don't speak real well? Remember what God said? He said, who made your mouth? Man, that's such a great statement. God says, who made your mouth? You saying I messed up when I made your mouth? <laughs> Man, see, a lot of times we think we're being humble by saying, well, I, I'm not that smart. And God's going, who made your brain? He's just saying I messed up when I made your brain, didn't you? See, guys, that's not being humble. It'd be humble if we made our own brains, we made our own mouths, and go, oh, I screwed up. <laughs> no, but God says, hey, don't, don't, don't tell me I messed up when I made you. Yeah, you look different. Yeah, you act different. Yeah, you think different. But I designed you that way. See, do you believe that about yourself, that you're not an accident, that God specifically made you for a purpose? I loved when I read this. Because God says, I knew you before I formed you. That, doesn't, you know, that, that means like God had a purpose for you. That's why he made you. It's not like I was born and then God looked down and goes, oh no. <laughs> Chinese baby four billion and three. What am I, I going to do with this one? No, he says, no, there was a plan. Like, I thought ahead of time. I thought, 
you know what? I need this guy. I, I, I want a Chinese guy. I'm going to put him in America. I'm going to have him do this, this, this. These things are going to happen. I'm going to mold it perfect because I need someone to come tonight. The Bible says in Acts 17 that he determined exactly when we would be born, where we would be born, so that we might feel our way toward him and find him. God says everything was planned out. There's a reason why we're here tonight before him. And, and, and the reason why I bring all this up to you is I got to ask, do you believe this? Because it could be that God made you for this time right now. That maybe you're the one that's going to read in the word and go, man, this is the way God tells us to live. This is the way the church is supposed to be. And there could be 400 prophets all lying, all telling people what they want to hear and go, oh, you can stay in your sin. Oh, you don't have to love each other. Oh, you can divorce. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. And, and maybe he designed you to be that, purpose, that person right now that says, no, 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 no way that you were made for this moment saying, no, this is what the word of God says. I have been reading it. I've been studying it. I am not going to back down. See, because God tells Jeremiah later on in that chapter in verse 17, he says, dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them lest I dismay you before them. He goes, don't be afraid of people. He goes, if you're going to be afraid, I'll give you something to be afraid of. He goes, don't be afraid of them or I will terrify you before them. And then he says this. Behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. God tells Jeremiah, he says, look, you're going to be all alone. He goes, the king is going to hate you. The generals, they're going to hate you. The city officials, they're going to hate you. The religious leaders, they're going to hate you. And the people, just in case I left anyone out, all the people are going to be against you. He goes, but don't be afraid, I'm with you. Okay, honestly, you guys, does that describe you? I remember when I read that passage, I thought, God... Can I really be a Jeremiah? Can I really be like Micaiah? To where if I'm the one voice, that I won't be afraid? Because I'm telling you, there's going to be times when God's called you to stand alone. You know, years ago, close with this and let you guys ask some questions, but years ago I had this dream that I died. This is a long time ago. You ever dream that you died? Yeah? Really? 
Like, you guys dream that a lot? <laughs> How many have never died in their dreams? Okay, good. Okay, yeah, 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 because it's a weird thing. I've only died once, um, <laughs> even in my dreams, because it's, you can usually get away somehow because you're dreaming. You can make it up. And, but I remember dying in my dream, and I just I got all nervous like in my dream because I didn't know what to see next. Because what are you supposed to see? You know, and, I, and you ever have a dream that's so real that you actually move? Yeah, okay, so that's what I did. You know, I, I, I dreamt that I died. I don't even remember how I died, but I died. And, uh, and I dreamt that I was before God. And so on my bed, while I'm dead asleep, I'm literally on my knees with my face down on my pillow. Like my face was like this, and, and, and I was sweating. I'm sweating and shaking, like a cold sweat, shaking, and I just remember, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dead asleep, but I'm thinking, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, and, and then, uh, then I'm thinking I'm before God, and I'm scared to look. I'm scared to look, because the Bible talks about how God's sitting on this throne, and, and how high angels are even screaming, holy, 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 and the Bible talks about how he dwells in unapproachable light. Like he tells Moses, you can't look at me. You can't look at me. You'll die. No human being can look at me and live. And so all these thoughts are going through my mind. I'm thinking about Revelation 4 where it says he's on his throne and there's lightning and thunder and fire you know, around his throne. And so I'm down on my bed and I'm shaking thinking, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. Then you ever have one of those moments when you're dreaming and the thought enters your mind? You go, wait, this might be a dream. You ever do that? Like in the middle of a dream, you go, this might be a dream, but you don't know. And so what do you do? You, you try to wake yourself up, right? So I am so scared at this point because I thought, I'm going to count to three and I'm just going to jolt my head up and I'll either see God or my bed. <laughs> That's a scary thought. Oh, man, and, and understand, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Kill me. I, I, it doesn't matter. Like, that'll be the greatest moment. That's what we as Christians are living for. So I'm not afraid, but there is something terrifying. I'm sorry, my alarm's going off. There's something terrifying about, I don't know, just seeing God for the first time still. I, I don't know what it's going to be like in the end. But I remember just jolting my head up and seeing my bed and going, oh, wow, you know, and I was just drenched with sweat. You know, I was still shaking and going, wow, what was that? Look, I don't know what it's going to be like in the end, but let's just imagine that's the way it is, okay, that maybe you're on your face imagine if that's you and it's reality that this is the last day of your life the timer just went off boom it's your time and you're on your face before God what if as you're on your face and you're shaking sweating whatever it's like what if at that point you hear the voice of God and he says 
well done. It's like, what would you feel at that moment? And is there anything on this earth you want more than to hear those two words out of the mouth of God? Seriously, think about it right now. Is there anything you want more than that? I mean, what are you going to care about at that moment when you're before God? Are you going to care what anyone on the earth thinks about you? Are you, are you going to care, oh, I really offended this one person, or I offended that? No, you won't care about that. You just want to hear those words out of the mouth of God, well done, good and faithful servant. You did it. You did what I made you for. I designed you for that, and you didn't back off. You didn't shrink back. You were courageous. You said what God wanted you to say. You knew what I said in the word, and you heard all the false teaching out there, and you said, no, no way. I'm not going there. Look, I don't know what this is for you, what tonight means for you. I don't know what you were called to do. God designed you for a specific reason. He put you in a specific family for a reason. He has you in a specific church for a reason. He has these certain friends around you for a certain reason. He has you in Manila right now during this time in history for a reason. And my prayer is that we would rise up and go, you know what? Just fearlessly going, I can't mess this up. God made me for this. Enough of these lies that, oh, I'm not smart enough. I don't speak well enough. I'm not famous enough. I don't look right. It's like, no, God made me for this. And I'm not going to shrink back and tell him that he made a mistake when he made me. He designed me for a purpose. He knew me before he even formed me in my mother's womb. He had good works for me to do before I was even created. So I'm going to go with a boldness and do and say what God has called me to do and say. And that's my prayer for you. I don't know what that means for each of you. But I'm praying that tonight, and even when this is over, I'll be in my hotel room praying for you and saying, God, speak to them right now. Show them what they've been afraid of, what you created them to do that maybe they're afraid of. And they shrink back and give them the boldness tonight to make the change and say, no, God's with me. I don't care if anyone goes with me. I've got I've to lay out this message. I've got to do what he made me to do. That's the main thought. I know there's some questions that they collected.